Welcome back to Defeat the Chaos. I'm Julie, he's Corey, and Defeat the Chaos is a show where we talk about the highs and lows of being an entrepreneur. If you're looking for direction or how to be more successful as an entrepreneur, then this show is for you. On today's show, we have Jamie Villalobos. Do you think I said that right? That, uh, sure. Let's yeah, go with that. I hope that's right. Jamie's an entrepreneur and the founder of Happy and Strong. She is in the top 1% of all earners in the world. 1% of 1%, right? Yes. Am I saying that right? You got that right now. We've had a very detailed conversation about this already. Math today, is folks. not your strong suit. <laughs> it is not. Um, and she has a mission to touch 100 million lives through education, philanthropy, and leadership efforts. Together with her husband, Sean, Jamie is well on her way to completing that mission. But before Jamie joins us, we're going to talk about the importance of having a mission and how significant of an achievement it is to be in that top 1% of 1%. Top 1% of 1% of all earners. Like that, that feels like it's a big damn deal. That. That yeah. is a big deal. And if you're going to, uh, you know, just kind of math that out, if let's say in America, for example, there's roughly just ballpark 320 million people here. Sure. And let's say half of them. You guys, are, he's just showing off right now. Yes. No, I did the math before this already because you sent me the wrong numbers. And I was like, is she a billionaire? <laughs> you're like, she no, might she I might be. Know. I don't know. But <clears throat> yeah, she, yeah, she would, uh, with the, the, the original math of that was, a. Uh, Hard, but yeah. Anyway, uh, so about 160 million people, let's say, who are working in America. If you remove children, retired people, etc., and um, so one percent, one percent means that there's about 16,000 people who's you know who she's in that club with about 16,000 people. That's insane. Yes, that is. But I, you know, so I've, I've got. I think we're going to have a really good discussion with Jamie. Um, but before we do that, before Jamie joins us, we'll just kind of dive into some, you know, other topics, having yep. a mission and whatnot. And I do think it's important to say we're pre-recording today's show. Um, typically we do them live. This is our first pre-record and we're doing that because one, um, we really wanted to get Jamie on the show and this was, this worked for her schedule. And two, uh, you know, sometimes life just gets in the way and with Corey opening the restaurant, we gotta, we gotta get a little bit creative with our time right now. And we're also recording video. This is the first show that we're recording video on. And I want to be clear, if you see one of us drink a beer during the show, this is the afternoon. Normally we record at 9 a.m. True. <laughs> it is the afternoon. And also we're entrepreneurs, so we can do what we want. Yes. Not that I've never had a beer at 9 in the morning, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Let's, uh, where, do you, what do you, where do you want to go today, Corey? What do you want to talk about this morning? Well, I mean, let's talk about getting out of your comfort zone. How about that? Oh, Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that that's, well, how important is it to be successful as an entrepreneur and stay, like, to get out of your comfort zone? Like, how much does that matter? I think you need to be comfortable getting out of your comfort zone. The, uh, a lot of being an entrepreneur isn't that sexy, fun, your passion type of work. It's It's not spending the you know the afternoon doing what you really love a lot of it is you have to go out and network you have to get comfortable with quickbooks you have to do a lot of things that you don't want to do because that's it being an entrepreneur you have to just do a lot of shit that you don't really um 
you know, want to do. And so that's, that's, it's all about getting out of your comfort zone and, and getting comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah. Isn't that saying go everything that you've ever wanted is just on the other side of your comfort zone. I, I want to say that I might say it in my Jack Handy voice. Is that a saying? Yes, it really, it truly is. And honestly, it's, it's extremely accurate, right? We get as humans and you know, you talk about this a lot, Corey, that we're designed to find, we're lazy. We're designed to find the easiest way to do things. We're designed to find, you know, repeatable patterns that we can do over and over again so that it, things are easier for us. That's, that's what our bodies are built to do. And in, I mean, everything that we do, we're always looking for that way of making it easy. And so continuously pushing yourself to get out of the comfort zone and do harder things is it's a necessity in order to grow and and develop. Yeah. It's the, when you're, you're talking about long distance runners, let's say, and all they ever do is long distance running and you would think, Oh, that person's in excellent shape, but the body figures out a way to like burn as few calories as possible constantly. That's all it's trying to do is make you as efficient as possible. And so for those people who are the long distance runners, they don't necessarily have a, a chance at a longer life or they're, not dying from a heart attack because their heart has just gotten used to, okay, I'm just going to figure out the easiest way to pump the blood and exist on these long distance runs. Like the true way that you really want to train your heart. If you're talking about becoming healthier or surviving longer or whatever it is, you need to trick your body. You need to do sprints and then long distance and then sprints and then walk and And then lift some weights and then lift some weights. Yeah. It's all across the board because you don't want your body to, to just get lazy. Yeah. So um, interesting, interesting little side note here was I was doing some research for our show today. I was, you know, we typically come up with a list of like possible topics to cover. And one of the tools that uh, we use is SEMrush, right? Which is great for like SEO and keywords and, you know, relevant content, hot, hot topics, whatnot. So I typically will put in topics that I know the guests would like to speak on to find some relevant, some good questions or interesting articles that are out in existence on the interwebs. And one of uh, Jamie's topics that she likes to talk about is overcoming trials in and adversities, right? Which, you know, I hear that and I think about entrepreneurs. What do you think about when you hear that? Say that again. Sorry. I was clearing my throat. Not paying attention. (laughs) (laughs) I, I, one of the topics that, um, that Jamie likes to speak on that I did some research on was overcoming trials in and adversities. And when I hear that, I think about entrepreneurs. What, what do you hear when you think about that? No. What do you think about when you hear that? Sorry. <laughs> okay. I'll just start talking about entrepreneurs and adversity. How about that? Is that where we're going? Well, no, I actually, where we're going is when I put that into SEMrush, the tool to get some topic ideas and questions that were out there, every topic that came up was on, Jesus Christ, God, religion, it, nothing on entrepreneurs. Oh. And I was really, I was kind of taken aback by that. But I guess it makes sense. I guess. I I don't know. I have a problem with religion in general. Mm-hmm. Just because if, first of all, I'm not even going to dive into it. But uh, somebody out there, there's this omnipotent being constantly testing you making your life miserable to see if you still love them. That's kind of fucked up in my opinion. I don't think that's what God That is, is exactly what God is well, doing. Well, maybe God from the Old Testament, yeah. but not the New Testament God. I, I'm not even Did your mom it. make you go to Sunday school? Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Of course. How, and what grade did you drop out? 
Um, I was. Oh, well, there was one point where you wanted to be a priest, I think, right? Oh, I'm an ordained minister. Um, <laughs> that, on the internet, that doesn't count. I have performed four weddings. Corey Harris, that does not count. <laughs> Sorry, I'm a reverend, not a minister. But I am ordained, and I have performed four weddings. But the... Uh, <laughs> um, so I, I kind of got out of it in, in elementary school, I guess, and then got back into it in high school, and then I realized it was a scam. But, uh, yeah, adversity, like, it, you don't have to... Like adversity helps build strong people. Like adversity is good at at, at making people strong and and um, able to overcome challenges because this world is just full of challenges. But um, I don't know where I'm going with that. But when it comes to like entrepreneurs, yeah, every day is a challenge. Every day is trying to figure out how you're going to make ends meet, how you're going to fix this problem that you didn't realize how, that was going to happen, how you are going to uh, grow your business, all of these things, how you're going to take a day off, all of these things that um, you need to think about because nobody's giving it to you. You have to work for it. It's not like working for a big company where you get two weeks off every year plus PTO plus all of this other stuff. Like you have to work to get all of that stuff. Well, okay. So I'm, I'm not going to touch on the religion stuff. Let's jump back into it. <laughs> so I'm going to ask you this question. Is it possible to be a really strong and successful entrepreneur if you haven't, if you haven't built that, you know, resilient muscle that if you haven't gone through adversities and difficult times, like how do you, like, I don't think you can start something new and see your way all the way through it. If you are, if you can't handle challenges, so a lot of people aren't built to, to be entrepreneurs. I completely agree. I'm not, I don't think that you have to have a, a life of adversity to be a successful entrepreneur, but you have to be willing to step up when things come your way. So it's, it's not, it's never going to be easy and you can learn that. And there's a lot of things that you learn on the fly when you're, when you're, uh, an entrepreneur, um, but it's definitely a personality trait. It's definitely something that um, is, I, I don't think it can be learned. I think it's just a part of who you are. Yeah. I, well, I don't think it's, I don't think it's a learned thing. I think it's a trial and I think it's a go through it thing. It's an experience thing, right? So the more, um, this is going to be an opportunity for you to press a button, Corey. The more hard things you do. That's what she said. The more, the better you get at doing hard things. Sure. Yeah. I can't believe you didn't take the separate second opportunity. I'm, I'm not going to abuse my uh, privilege. my privileges over here. Okay. I appreciate that. Yes. That's why I have so much respect for you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um. But yeah, it's, uh, I, I don't know. It's just uh, like, I, I talk about restaurants all the time. That's not Wait, a, you do. Yes. Mm -hmm. And, but I talk to people all the time who uh, are, have the idea of, Oh, I would love to be an entrepreneur uh, or not an entrepreneur, a restaurant. I would love to own a restaurant. It's so much fun. I love cooking dinner for friends. It's, that is nothing. That is 1% of 1% of what a restaurant is. It's, it's so much more than that. And it's, it's just, it has to be in your blood in order for you to actually enjoy doing it. it it's extremely hard work. It's extremely stressful. The margins are paper thin and the opportunity to fail is constantly just hanging out on your shoulder. But 
if that's what you're built for, that's what you're built for. And for people like myself sitting in a cubicle from nine to five every day does not seem attractive to me. I would much rather be in a chaotic environment, a chaos that I can turn, can control versus somebody in like the accounting department of a big corporation where they know that the first Monday of every month they do X, the 15th of every month they do X. That's just boring to me. It needs to happen. And it's great that there are certain people out there who like to do that, but that's just not for me. Yeah, I I agree. I think that it's, well, first off, owning a restaurant definitely isn't for everybody. I don't, I think a lot of people don't recognize how truly hard it is to be an entrepreneur of any type, right? How did, how much it takes to pull that off. Um, so, you know, on those same lines, we were talking about being an entrepreneur and being a successful entrepreneur, like uh, thinking about Jamie here and the fact that she has uh, what she has achieved, right. With that, you know, point, you know, that, that 1% of the, of the top 1% in, in earners, that's, that's insanity. That is a tremendous achievement. And I cannot help but wonder, like, first off, how long it took her to get there. And I, I'm also very curious if that was her goal from the from the beginning, like to to you know if it was a a revenue type of a goal or if it was more of a mission driven goal that that just this is where she landed because of what the mission that she was on. Yeah, and that's it, the the concept of turning and something that uh, like a bad situation into an opportunity. Um, I'll be curious to see if, if what she's got in terms of that, like in her story, because a lot of people out there, it's like necessity is the mother of invention where you are poor or you are somehow you're having some sort of issue. And so you struggle and you want to figure out a way to make yourself better. And it's, do you like, it's like a chicken and egg thing. Like, is it, are you creating these opportunities for yourself because you want to get out of that? Or is it that this is just strictly necessity and these opportunities come because you're working towards improving your life? Um, you know, for me, it's a lot of, a lot of that. Like, I don't really have goals in the sense of like, I don't know, traditional goals, but like, I, I don't want to, I don't sit down and say, I'm going to open up 10 restaurants in my life. I'm just going to, I want to open up a lot of restaurants, but the goal is just get one done, work on the next, get the next one done, work on the next and kind of see where it goes from there. But if three years down the road, some other opportunity pops up and I don't get to the restaurants, no big deal. But don't you feel like it would be easier for you to achieve having, opening the restaurants, opening a lot of restaurants, if you had a goal and you were, you know, sort of visualizing or, or planning towards that? Uh, yes, but it's the, the whole concept. And I'm going to, the only, uh, not only, but the only thing that I give credit to uh, the gin bot for somebody in our um, previous lives, work lives um, was the, the whole concept of building out these plans where it, like, if you're implementing processes, you know what you're going to do in the next nice uh, 30 <laughs> days. Um, like that's crystal clear. Sixty days, that's a little murky, and then ninety days, it's really like really like hard to judge what's going to happen ninety days out from here. And you can kind of look at that with your life, where I have a direction that I want to go, and I know what I'm doing right now, and I know what I'm doing for the next year or two. But I don't five years from now, I can't. I don't want to set like I don't want to commit to something because some other opportunity might come up, and I'm going to be blind to it because I'm going to be so set 
on this one direction that I'll pass something up completely. So in my mind, like you just kind of have to keep an open mind and, and just be aware of all these opportunities that are coming your way. Yeah, I guess I can kind of see that because I look at like for SB Pace, right? I think um, I, well, we can get into this later um, because it seems like we might need to take a break. Yes, we definitely do. So we're going to take a quick break and um, play some commercials apparently. And then we will be right back with Jamie to talk about whatever we get into. Hey everybody, it's Corey and Julie from Defeat the Chaos. Our show on the Voice America Business Channel is for small business owners, entrepreneurs, and winners. If you're a loser, scram. Yeah, scram losers. Defeat the Chaos hits on the struggles of what it's like to be an entrepreneur. We celebrate the wins and we dissect the losses. And unlike most boring business shows, we aren't that. We like to have fun. We have informative guests on. We talk about current events that affect small businesses. And there's plenty of gambling talk because risk and owning a small business go hand in hand. Oh, and we record live so there's no editing or production if we screw up, which we do. So join us every Thursday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel or catch the replays whenever you have time. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Welcome back to Defeat the Chaos, everybody. We've got Jamie Villalobos on, and we are going to continue that conversation that we had about adversity and uh, getting out of your comfort zone. Yeah, I think this is also a good time to point out that I really butchered Jamie's name on the front end. Yes, you did. It's Villalobos. Yeah. I meant to tell you that, but you know. (laughs) Well, yeah, that's why you did it now. So, hey, Jamie, thanks for joining us. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me, Julie. Yeah. So you've got some, uh, some big things going on. Right, you you got a you got a book coming yeah, the, out. Yeah, the book launches on uh, May seventeenth. I'm really excited about that. A lot going on right now. Yeah, what was the um, impetus for writing the book? Wow, you know, I've been an, an entrepreneur, building businesses for the last twenty three years, and coaching people how to start up a business, and I love it. You know, I love teaching leadership, mentorship, coaching, and um, you know, just entrepreneurship in general, but I found that the last few years, my main passion was helping these entrepreneurs that were getting things going, but then as I got stuff going and they were making money, they were struggling with the balance and how to to, to win in business, but also, you know, they have little kids or maybe they're arguing with their spouse or, you know, they're just having this uh, pull and distraction in their mind of, am I spending enough time with my kids? Am I spending enough time in the office? And And so it was uh, just very rewarding for me um, to to help people in that area. And a good friend of my, Ed, mine, Ed Milet, actually suggested I start doing this. I called it Happy and Strong. We started doing these uh, workshops and different things, helping entrepreneurs. And I wasn't actually planning on writing a book. Um, I thought about it and I was in a plan to maybe do it, you know, way off into the future when my kids are grown. But during COVID, I don't know, something just kept pulling at my heart that this was the time to do it. And I had a little extra time, a little less things on my plate. And I knocked it out and I'm just, I'm really, really excited about it. 
So let's talk about getting out of your comfort zone. You grew up in rural Montana, um, small town, grew up in poverty and decided to move to California, I guess, right, to go to school and and, um, make it for yourself. Yeah, I mean, I grew up in a town of 325 people. We lived on welfare, you know, those things. I Growing up, my, my parents would argue about which bill can we pay? Or I remember waking up in the, you know, in the morning and seeing my breath because it was so freezing cold and we didn't have enough money to, to heat the house. And, and so I knew growing up, I did not want to be poor. I did not want to have to hear my parents argue about bills. Uh, I didn't want that for my family. And so I wanted more. Um, I came out to California to get a job, you know, to, to pay my way through school and to send money back home to my family. My, my stepmom was very ill and I'm the oldest of six kids. And I, I wanted to help out. So, so yeah, it was, uh, you know, starting in business was definitely outside my comfort zone. Well, and I would imagine moving to California from rural Montana was a, a big, big change for you, a big shift. Yeah, it was a culture shock. Actually, my parents grew up in, in California and they moved to Montana when I was a baby. So, um, you know, so it, it, that wasn't too big of a shock. But then when I started in business and I was 22 in a very, very male dominated industry, people were much older than I was. So that was very outside my comfort zone as well. Do you, um, I, I'm imagine you spend a lot of time reading books and, and mm-hmm. taking a lot from, from books. Of course. Yeah. So I'm huge self-improvement maniac. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I had a lot of personal growth to do. Yeah. How do you, how do you um, kind of pick the, I'm trying to figure out the best way to word this question so that it doesn't sound um, nonsensical, but we're, con- we are overloaded with content now, right? So how do you pick the content that you're going to consume that you can then take action on versus just consuming content, yeah. right? Well, you know, again, going back to the comfort zone, we're all going to have a comfort zone in the beginning, but as we personally grow and push ourselves past the comfort zone and we go to this new version of ourselves, there's just a new comfort zone we're going to bump up against. Right. You know, yes. it, it, the, the, for the $50,000 earner to become, you know, a $100,000 earner, he has to learn and change and grow. But from the 100,000 to go to 500,000, guess what? You got to learn and change and grow. You got to start go back to self-development. And to go to a million dollar income, same thing. So you're going to have to keep doing that. But yes, we have so much content. I tend to look at what is that comfort zone? What is that thing I'm bumping up against? And I'll try to search out how to how to close that gap. Like what I'm doing currently, mm-hmm. what I know I ought to be doing to get to the next level. Okay, what do I need to do to close that gap? How do I increase the self-discipline in that area? So maybe I'll find a mentor that I can hold me accountable to it. Ask them, hey, what book do you think I should be reading? You know me well right now. You know, what do you think I should do? So I'll, I'll seek out mentorship in those things so that I'm not wasting my time. We've all, you know, read books and then didn't implement stuff. So I don't want to waste any time either, especially I have four little kids and I have, you know, all this other stuff on my plate. So I want to do self-development, but I don't want to do it, you know, for nothing. So when does it stop, though? Because if you're going from point A to point B and, you know, B to C, C to D, like, do you you ever stop? Are you just constantly pushing yourself? I don't want to stop. I I mean, when people say, well, Jamie, you know, you're you're financially independent. You you have residual income in the millions. Why do you continue to do what you do? Um, I don't want to retire. I I love what I do. But, you know, if you have it, if you have, oh, I'll be finished when I hit this income or I'll be finished when I get this promotion or whatever, then guess what? When you're finished, you're finished. <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to quit growing. 
I want to keep going. So, so a lot of people have income goals or business goals, or I want to scale to this size. Um, I've learned uh, to stretch my vision past that um, to, to more contribution goals. If we have goals that are contributing to others uh, and your vision can continue to grow, it's not just about you. It's not just about your family, but others, the difference that we can make. Um, I push myself to go travel the world and do philanthropy because I see like a little bit of money can what it can do in one of my orphanages in, in Africa. You know what I'm saying? So I push myself to keep growing so that I can do more and more contribution. I have a business plan right now that goes 100 years after I pass away. So, you know, again, I started off with a very small vision when I, you know, 23 years ago, but as you grow and you push yourself uh, and you get past that comfort zone onto the next one, your, your vision stretches, you become a different person. And, um, and so you, hopefully you don't stop that. I've seen so many people, like maybe it's a half a million income or whatever, and that was their goal. And then they get there and then you know what happens? They plateau at best. Mm-hmm. Most of them though, they go backwards. And one of the keys to happiness is progression is one of the biggest keys to happiness is progression. We are unhappy when we feel stuck, when we feel like we're not learning, we're not growing anymore. So I want to always continue, maybe not as at the same pace on the same things, but to personally grow as a person and hopefully make more and more contribution. That 100-year business plan is impressive, considering that we know a lot of entrepreneurs who don't have a business plan for the next five years. Not even for the next five months. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so you, you have a goal to impact, is it 100 million lives? 100 million lives through, um, through the financial education stuff that I do, but also through building leaders. I want to empower and equip leaders that, uh, and not just build leaders, like the leadership skills and those things, but hopefully ignite a little bit of passion in them so that uh, as far as philanthropy so that they I don't know maybe one of them has a heart to help kids with autism another might help have a heart to help uh they're they're passionate about um, sex trafficking so whatever their uh whatever they feel is an injustice that needs to be corrected or whatever they're passionate about I want to turn that on so they are leaders that have the leadership skills and the money and the wealth with leadership skills and wealth you can go change your world so I want to build the leaders that can then, again, go out and touch other lives. Um, and then just, you know, teaching them how to become more happy and fulfilled with what they're doing. I see so many people chase big dreams in business and outside of business. But when they get there, they're still not happy. I mean, how many people do you know that are millionaires that are unfulfilled? You know, they're, they're chasing. Well, when I get here, no. I've also seen tons of millionaires that are uh, divorced and their kids won't talk to them or they, they made all this money and now they're trying to spend it all to buy back their health that they let deteriorate, mm-hmm. you know, so, cause they didn't have the right balance. So I, I, I think I'm most passionate about that right now. Just teaching people how to, how to have it all without, you know, losing the most important parts. Let's talk about building leaders like that, that yeah. leadership development thing, because in my opinion, leadership is, it's kind of inherent in, in a person. Like it, it's not really something that, I mean, you can kind of, train you can kind of coach but for most people like you're you it's just that personality that you have so yeah. um i mean yeah. do you agree with that and i mean and how do, do. you help coach i those do people? i do um now i've trained thousands and thousands of leaders to go on and become six and seven figure earners that have then trained other leaders so a lot of them were already born you know with that personality to 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 take over and you know lead and 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 then some of them weren't 
you know, but they were, they were born with a heart to help people or they wanted more out of life. And that's what they want. If, if they have this passion to become better or do more with their life, I can work with that. And so there's three things in building leaders. The first one is you have to build a quality relationship with them. If I want to, if I want to challenge them to think different, to, to do more, to get more out of them, to perform more, I have to first build a relationship because I could tell them, go do this or challenge them to do that. But if they don't respect me and they don't know I love them and that I'm telling them to do this for their own good, then they probably won't respond well. So I got to take the time to build the relationship. The second thing is I got to give them quality instruction. Here's exactly how you do it. And here's what's next step by step. But the third one, and probably what the most important is, you got to challenge them, got to challenge their thinking, got to challenge their abilities. You got to challenge what they believe they can do. Because all leadership is, is influence. It's all influence, influencing another person for their good. So, you know, if I can, if I can get them to believe that they can do more, they will. What was the moment, if you can look back and, um, or a, a defining moment, but what, what's that moment where you look back and you knew that you were going to take a different path than a traditional go work in a, you know, nine to five job. Like what's the moment that you can attach the, your success to, to say, this was the moment that changed everything for me. And I knew I was going to do something bigger. You know, um, <laughs> there was a couple of things. One was I was working and I, they, they were opening and I was again, working at a health club and they were opening a new club. And um, I already was very, very dissatisfied uh, with where I was working. Cause I would work long hours with n- no appreciation and, um, and I had stopped learning and I had, st- had stopped growing and again, just kind of go to work, do the same thing every day, go home, go to bed. And so I was already dissatisfied, but then they asked me to go and grand to open this one gym. And I worked, I worked seven days a week, 31 days that month. I was number one in the company. And again, all they did was raise my quota. There was no appreciation, but also I got my paycheck and I got kicked into a higher tax bracket. And so I, I made pretty much the same amount of money. And I thought, well, this is stupid. You know, I I know if I could put my heart into something that was mine, that I could uh, I could be making a difference, and I could do well. So, but again, twenty two years old, not finishing college. What you know? What was the opportunity? What could I do? And so I started getting more and more dissatisfied. I found this business again, hope you know that I'm in now, hopeful, excited, but also doubtful and scared. And uh, and so I started learning. I started you know I was very hungry for any help, any information I could get, uh, went and found great mentors, but still really wasn't sure if I was all in and if this was the path I was going to take. But my defining moment was, you know, I was kind of, I was working in the office I was in. I started, had started to make okay money. uh, And I was still pretty casual though. And I I remember sitting in my office and a few of my, you know, my teammates were there and we were kind of joking around. I think I even had my feet up, which I don't, I don't think I ever do that, but I think I even <laughs> had my feet up. And, um, and I was just kind of casual. And my little sister in Montana, who was about nine years old at the time, called me. And I'm on the phone with her and we're talking. And, um, and then all of a sudden there was chaos in the background. The t- my two youngest brother and sister twins were about, I think, three at the time. And they started screaming and crying and saying, mommy's dead, mommy's dead. Well, my stepmom... Um, who had had several surgeries, uh, I think about 50 to this day, was um, had tried to get out of bed. She was bedridden and on narcotics from all these different surgeries. And she passed out and the kids were slapping her in the face and pouring water on her in her face to try to revive her. Well, my sister, Jessie, put the phone down, 
drug my stepmom back to the bed and she got on the phone and she's like, okay, everything's okay now. And I had listened to this chaos and I said, what do you mean? What's going on? Why didn't you call 911? She's like, oh no, they told me not to call 911 because maybe they'll take, they'll take, um, they take us away. And so I thought, oh my gosh, you know, this is, this is too much. And I, and I, I got off the phone and I walked down the hall to the bathroom in this office building we were in. And I looked at myself in the mirror and I said, what are you doing? What are you doing? This is not just about making money. Your family needs you. And if you don't make this happen, no one's going to take care of them. And I just was, I, I kind of cussed myself out that day in the, in the mirror. And I, I, made, I made a decision that I wasn't, I wasn't going to just be casual with anything anymore. That every day was trying to move my vision of being able to, to be that go-to person in my family and take care of them closer to today. And at that point, I mean, my business changed, my I changed and uh, it didn't, these little obstacles, right? We all have these hard things, comfort zones, uh, you know, bad days. They were like, it's like I was in a, a race and every hurdle, instead of being this problem that I was just dwelling on and it was so hard in my face, instead I was looking at that finish line of what I wanted to do for my family, getting my sister out of that horrible environment. And so everything was just like, okay, I'll just go under it, around it, over it. I'll find a mentor to drag me over this hurdle, whatever it had to, I had to do to make it happen. And so I just got very, very serious on, you know, just not wasting time anymore. I love that. That is, um, <laughs> that's a life-changing, captivating story for sure. Um, and um, that would yeah, that's that had to be scary in the moment. Unfortunately, yeah. we are out of time and this went it's so quickly, but we really appreciate you joining us and um, our listeners can find you at happyandstrong.com. Yes. Yeah, and happyandstrong.com. We'll, we'll, we'll put that all in the show notes yeah. for, for the show as well. And be sure to pre-order the book that's coming out on May 17th. So yes. check that out. Yes, definitely. Yep. Thanks it's for joining us. It's on sale now pretty much anywhere they can buy a book. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Well, uh, we'll be right back after the break. Hey, everybody, it's Corey and Julie from Defeat the Chaos. Our show on the Voice America Business Channel is for small business owners, entrepreneurs, and winners. If you're a loser, scram. Yeah, scram losers. Defeat the Chaos hits on the struggles of what it's like to be an entrepreneur. We celebrate the wins and we dissect the losses. And unlike most boring business shows, we aren't that. We like to have fun. We have informative guests on. We talk about current events that affect small businesses. And there's plenty of gambling talk because risk and owning a small business go hand in hand. Oh, and we record live, so there's no editing or production if we screw up, which we do. So join us every Thursday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel or catch the replays whenever you have time. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Welcome back to Defeat the Chaos, everybody. We just had a great conversation with uh, Was Jane. it great? It was great. That's, you're like, you're just your favorite radio word. Well, I didn't say exciting. 
Should I have said exciting? It was no. an exciting conversation. All right. <laughs> Invigorating. Like, How about that? I want that? you to learn adjectives. Buy me a thesaurus. Okay. All right. We had an excellent conversation with Jamie, Jamie Villalobos. Uh, if you missed that, go back and make sure uh, make sure to listen to that because it was a good conversation. We ended on a great story. I wish we could have continued that conversation. Oh, I know. Um, I know. That was really, it was kind of gut-wrenching to listen to. It really to was. I wish we had ended on a, a happier note, but, you know, we can we can start this segment with a happier note. Yeah, um, not everything ha- is in life is happy, Corey. I understand that, but oh, okay. we can make things happy, Julie. <laughs> I make things anyway, happy. All right, shut it. <laughs> all right, here we go. So we are getting into, uh, um, again, we are pre-recording this show, so we're going to jump into our gambling picks for this week. And what these- have We used to have a sound effect for gambling. Yeah, hold on. Somewhere. There we go. There we go. Uh, it's time to gamble, everybody. And yeah. unfortunately, when you're hearing this, this these lines are long gone. These games have already been played. No, they won't have been played. Oh, well, my game is. Oh, my game. Won't, I'm picking a Thursday game. Oh, okay. Well, then I'll pick a Thursday game, yeah, too. I, I so. took a Thursday game. All right. Well, hold on. Let me get there. Okay. Um, ugh, all right. Lines provided by Action Network. Always by As Action always. Network. always. Yes. And Call us, Action. Yes, we are looking for... Um, Support in any way, shape, or form. Yes. Maybe even just a free membership for next year. Right. Action I just, Network. I just renewed. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, all right. The uh, records right now, Julie is crushing it this yes. season. She is 10-1. and one. She what, Who'd you take? Michigan last? I took Michigan. On Thursday. Yeah. Michigan handily uh, won that, that game. The and, opener against uh, Colorado State. Yeah. Yes. And I took Vermont at Arkansas getting five points and... I believe I won by a point. So a win's a win. I'm going to take it. So Julie is 10 and one on this season and I am seven and five still respectable in the positive. That's all that matters. Yes. Um, but 10 and one. That's I, crazy. Yes. It, it, I want to see where you're going because th- this, when actual money's on the line, it would be one in 10. <laughs> That's so unfair. But, but it is true. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's hurtful, but it's true. Yes. All right. All right so what do you have? So this week, I am actually going to, once again, I'm going to go with the Michigan game. But, oh, they have a tough, tough, tough draw this week. They are actually playing number two seed Villanova. And I like Nova this year a lot. So uh, Michigan is getting five. And I don't think they're going to cover. I think that Villanova is going to win by more than five. Villanova will cover. So I'm taking Villanova. All right. Um, I am going to take Texas. They're playing Purdue. They're getting three points. Um, it looks like the smart money is on Texas, and this is just going off the numbers I'm seeing on, te- on Action Network since my uh, original pick was going to be um, – wait. Yeah, that's for Thursday, right? Sure. Whatever. Take Texas over Purdue, regardless of whether they're uh, – that's tonight. I'm that's, an idiot. That's tonight. I'm an idiot, everybody. So I'm taking Texas tonight, just to let you know. And then Thursday, how about that? Yeah. Oh, you're going to do two? Uh, yeah, I'll take Gonzaga. Minus eight and a half. Yeah, the Zags. Yeah, they're yeah. eight and a half. Points. I got them winning it all this year, so. Yeah. Oh, and listen, it, it needs to be said, Corey called it 100% for the first number one Baylor's seed to drop. Baylor's the first yeah. number one seed out. So, so far, the only number one seed out, if I'm, if I'm correct, I'm pretty sure... Kansas is still in, Arizona's still in, and Gonzaga's still in. Correct. Yeah. All right. Let's do some news stories. Yes. Um, let's jump into it. So uh, I'll go first. Perfect. I want to talk about uh, 
the well, the, all uh, both of my stories that I have today are kind of attached to the uh, the war in Ukraine right now. Okay. Um, and there's two things, and they both deal with money because in business, that is one thing that we should all care about is money. So, um, to no surprise to me at all, and I, I think it's hilarious that there's some outrage on the internet right now that Pepsi has a plan to export seed potatoes to Russia in a deal that's worth about $800,000. And the internet is on fire right now because how could Pepsi support Russia right now? How could they do anything to help Russia? And I guess what we want to do as a country is starve the Russian citizens who have nothing to do with this crazy war going on in Ukraine. (laughs) I don't know. But uh, at the end of the day, Pepsi knows what runs the world, and that's cash. And they saw a deal to sell some potatoes to Russia, and they're selling the potatoes to Russia. Good and for them. Personally, I don't have a problem with it. Listen, I am... <laughs> okay, this might sound crazy, Corey. This might sound crazy. I'm just going to say it. And um, I'm sure we're going to get some backlash on this. I'm going to say it. Great. Julie is saying this, not Corey. Remember that, folks. I distrust mainstream media and our politicians so much. I'm not even sure there's really a war happening. Oh, that's I said it. backlash. Yeah, and you are crazy. I'm crazy? Yeah. There is definitely a war happening. Yes, there is definitely a war happening. Uh, I mean, there is a lot. Like, I love me a conspiracy theory, but yeah. there is just way too much evidence out there that there's actually a, a a war going on? Yeah. Okay. So let's say there's a war going on. I'll concede to that. I do not believe for one second the stories were being told about the war. Oh, no, not at all. I I, I completely agree with that. Like, And it's it, – it, it, I had this conversation last night. I was talking to a friend of mine, and we were getting into it. And I like I just – straight up said, I was like, I just really just don't trust anything at all, ever. Like now, like unless I witness it myself. And even then I question that because we talked about memories um, at some point. Was it on a podcast or beginning it, of the show? Beginning I don't even, of this show. I don't even remember. That's how bad my memory can be. Um, and the yeah. And, and, and so it's it's obviously uh, if you're looking at the mainstream media, it's a very one sided approach mm-hmm. to the news. And I'm not saying that's right or wrong. Well, I think it's wrong it's that wrong. it's it's one sided. But um, everything that I'm seeing is, I'm like, I just don't, I don't really believe what I'm seeing. Like, I don't the, either. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't either. Okay, and it's not, it's not like we're rooting for Putin over here, but uh, it's, it, it's. It's questionable because it's all like like if anything that we have learned over the past, uh, well, our entire lives basically is that the news will lie to us and they have sure. no problem doing it. Sure. And I just, <clears throat> this is, you know, like you say, rooting for Putin, which made me laugh because it rhymes. But, you know, <laughs> look, I, history has told me I don't want to be on the same side as Hillary Clinton and George Soros. Well, and then that thing, all right, tinfoil hats, everybody. Okay. Yeah. That's one thing that I, I'm so confused and torn about because I don't like China. I don't like Russia. I don't like George Soros. 
But George Soros and China and Russia don't like each other. And I'm like, well, fuck, I don't even know who I'm supposed to not like now. Right. The enemy of my enemy is my friend. The enemy of my enemy is still my enemy. And now everybody's my enemy. It's very confusing what's happening. And I always look at it this way, too. And this is, you know, this will not be this is probably not popular. But I look at this. The the left and mainstream media went to extremes to make Donald Trump look like a bad guy. Right now, I'm not saying I love Donald Trump, but I'm saying they went to extremes to make him look like a bad guy. Sure. And the only person that they wanted to make look worse than Donald Trump was Putin. They worked very hard at making sure that nobody forgot what a terrible person Putin was. So now all of a sudden, Putin is at the, you know, he's on the leading edge of a war and I have to ask myself, like the only people, like the people reporting on it, everything they're saying, they're making Zelensky seem like a hero and Putin seem like a zero. And it's like, I don't feel like I'm wrong to distrust what I'm hearing. Yeah, there's just so much in there. And, and I don't want the uh, FBI or NSA investigating me anymore so than they already are. So I want to change the subject. I want to change it, too. I got I got All something. Right. OK, great. Maybe maybe equally as controversial. This is ju- again just Julie's opinion. <laughs> yes. Okay. Here it is. I want to talk about women and collegiate sports. Okay. I know where this is going. Yeah, you do. Yes. Okay. Explain to me how we can. You know, we 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 had we we went through years of the Me Too movement. How are all these people silent? When a man, a biological man, is competing against women in swimming and clearing the boards, you and I both know how much frame matters in swimming, Corey. It matters. It does. And the, I mean, the issue is, and I, I'm not an expert, but like, uh, in in any of like the you know transgender whatever transformations like transitions all of that type of stuff anything with the word trans um trans fats i don't even you know fuck i don't know transportation anything. sure uh, none of those but anyway the uh the, the the thing is that like biologically speaking people with an x and y chromosome are generally speaking stronger faster etc like, like that's just how we are built as a species, as are most mammals that same way. Like the the male of the species is generally bigger, stronger, etc. And that there is just like that that it's just an unfair. Uh, it's an unfair advantage to have. And uh, if if uh, Leah had started taking the hormones or got the treatment prior to puberty, that would be a completely different thing. But the fact that she got the whole way through puberty and into adulthood um, and then transition, hands down, has an advantage over everybody. And last year was the 462nd top-rated male swimmer, yes. and this year is number one. I oh, think female. that all, we just need to create a whole new category. Agreed. Agreed. And, and that solves the problem. That yes. solves the problem 100%. Everybody can stop arguing. But that's the easy solution, and we'll never do it. And we would rather just have everybody argue against each other or argue with each other because that keeps us distracted from uniting together to defeat the real evil in this world. Which is? Government. Right. All right. 
Yeah, I agree. Yes. I agree. Um, all right. So uh, next thing that I want to talk about is, uh, again, related to what's going on in Ukraine and Russia. And this one could completely and 100% destroy this country. What and is that it? is China and Saudi Arabia are talking about dropping the petrodollar. Yep. And if they do that and other countries do that, our economy is toast, folks. We... It's- we like uh, the dollar will now be worthless. We will be just like Zimbabwe and uh, what's what's that South American country that's going through Venezuela, where we'll be we'll be using dollars to wipe our asses because it's that that's how worthless our our currency is going to be. It it, it is a very very bad thing, and it is it is um it's troublesome. It really is, and I don't think that anybody has. Well, I don't think that most. Most people aren't paying attention. Most to people it. aren't paying attention to that. And and for everybody out there who's not sure what the petrodollar is, basically in nineteen in the nineteen seventies, after like that oil crisis that we had, we convinced the oil producing uh, primarily Saudi Arabia, and they're, they they kind of lead everybody in the Middle East for the like oil OPEC. Pro- yeah, like OPEC, um, that everything should be traded using the U.S. dollar, which is great. So every country who wants to buy oil, which is every country has to have a certain amount of American dollars on hand in order to purchase oil from the oil-producing nations of the world. And so that's billions, if not trillions of dollars that are just sitting out there. And when they no longer need those dollars to purchase that oil, guess where that money's coming? Back to America. Hyperinflation. Welcome to it. It's so scary. Yes, it really. It's just all of these things happening and it feels like it's just happening faster and faster and faster and faster. Yes. And I apologize to everybody out there because the universe has gone out of its way to make sure that I should not own a restaurant. And the closer and closer I get to opening a restaurant, the crazier and more screwed up this world is becoming. So the apocalypse is my fault. I apologize. Oh, you're going to take credit for that. Yes. Oh, nice. It's mm, that feels a little selfish. I didn't. I didn't ask for talk this, folks. about an ego, man. Wow! I didn't ask for this. The collapse okay. of the world is my fault. Yes, it's on me. Yeah. That's that's that feels big. I don't think it's on you. All right, we'll we'll see. Yeah, opening day. <laughs> that's when the nukes will start flying. Trust me. Do we have an opening day? No, we don't. Because. Okay. Everything is still up in the air, but we're getting closer, which I'm excited about. It actually looks like a restaurant now. Um, we don't have any scaffolding in the in the space, so that's a huge step for us. That's a win. That is a win. Um, right. Well, we are running out of time uh, on the show today, Julie. Do you have anything else that you want to say before we go? Stay safe out there. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, be sure to... Uh, Go check out Jamie's book, uh, happyandstrong.com. Uh, you can pre-order that now. Check out our uh, podcast, BizQuick Podcast. You can find that on our website, sbpace.com. And don't forget to check out Certivium as well, our other business. And that's uh, for all of you entrepreneurs out there who need help with social media, customer engagement, customer management, um, and buy our book. Seriously, now what? Small Business Guide to Disaster Preparedness. It's on Amazon. Link to it is on our website. Did I miss anything, Julie? Um, Other than we'll see you next Thursday at 9 a.m. Eastern. Is that a question? No. Okay. That's a statement. All right. We'll see you next Thursday at 9 a.m. Eastern.